You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. for the hunts as they come this morning have a special the hunt family is going to be singing for us so we're so glad to have them with us today you pray for them i'm gonna get out of the way amen Life is good, and we are blessed. And when we face another test, we'll trust in Christ and live by faith, knowing there will come a day We'll cry no more, cry no more, when we stand before the Lord, He'll wipe our tears and heal our pain, we'll cry no world all will pass and we'll be home with him at last when all at once his face will see oh what a day that day will be We'll cry no more, cry no more, when we stand before the Lord, He'll wipe our tears and heal our pain, we'll cry no the Father and the Son. 
will cry no more, cry no more. When we stand before the Lord, He'll wipe our tears and heal our pain. We'll cry no You kids could be dismissed to junior church. What a blessing, amen? Christ honoring. Man, I about felt like people sometimes will come up to me and say, Preacher, I just about stood up and shouted, amen? And I'll always say, Why didn't you? Well, that's about how I felt right then, amen? What a blessing. What a day that will be. Uh, man, the only thing was, is I, I, I thought Ronnie was going to sing a solo in that somewhere, but. Uh, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Anyway, well, uh, if you have your Bibles today, please turn to the book of James, chapter number 4. The book of James, chapter number 4, please. And it'll be a familiar passage to many of you. We'll begin reading in verse 13 in just a moment. But do you ever wish that you could go back in time? Uh, you know, just think, if we could just, if it was possible, just to go back about 10 or 11 years, just say go back to 2010, when digital streaming of movies and shows is emerging, Redbox is popping up everywhere in, in every community, it seems like. And the most logical thing, and just to have the opportunity, if you could have just go back in time to take all of your investments, everything you own, I mean, and, and, and rather than diversify, take everything you've ever invested and put it all into Blockbuster Rentals. You know, if we could just do, wouldn't that be great? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, just seeing the signs of the times, well, we know that uh, that wouldn't be great. In 2011, Blockbuster uh, movies declared bankruptcy. Uh, and for many of us, we can remember when the, the, the movie rental deal was the, the big rage, right? Uh, but man, uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is that, uh, just to let you know, uh, that's not investment advice, amen? Do not go invest in uh, movie uh, rentals, amen? Uh, especially if it's VHS. But that would be very foolish. But what if I were to tell you today that there may be many of you that are doing the same thing from a spiritual 
point of view. Doing the same thing from a spiritual point of view. In other words, investing everything in this temporal life that we live. Investing everything in the here and now. When if you could just look, if you would open your eyes, you would see that this world, this earth is going bankrupt. How much confidence do you have, I'll just ask, in the direction this country's going and the world is going? Hey, I've got plenty of confidence in God. And I know and I believe in a revival. And I know God can turn this thing around. But I'm telling you, ultimately, we know, folks, you look at what's going on in Israel, uh, the, 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 the Middle East. Man, I'm telling you, time is running out on this world. So for us to invest especially as God's people, to invest our time, our lives, everything in the temporal is about like investing in blockbuster video. For if, maybe you don't even know the Lord today. I want to tell you, man, this life is going to end up bankrupt. But there's something greater that's, that awaits, amen? In other words, there's something a whole lot better you can invest in uh, and invest your life in. And so... Uh, with that in mind, would you allow me just for the next few moments to speak to your hearts on this question, what is your life? What is your life? Look at James 4, 4 verse 13. He says this, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? So there's the sermon title. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. So, let's pray. Father, help us, dear God, to examine and think about what is our life and how we're investing it. I pray if there's anyone, God, that's listening to me right now that does not know You as their Savior, I pray they'll humble their hearts and turn in belief and repentance toward You today. And we'll thank You for that, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're provided with a very practical message out of God's Word. And I'm glad that God's Word is very practical. There's much you can learn about theology and science and, and history and a lot of other things out of the Bible. But folks, the Bible also is a very practical book. It can help you where you live. In verse 13, God's encouraging us there to plan. God does encourage us to plan, but also He encourages us to plan while including God in our planning. The problem with the people that were going to say we're going to go into such a city and buy and sell and trade, it wasn't that they were making plans. They were making plans without taking God into account. Did you know that the very definition of the word ungodly is to think and plan and live without taking God into account? Ungodly. And so, that's the problem with verse 13. Proverbs 3, 5-7 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, 
Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. And may I just say this right here? I think those are some of the verses in the Bible that we should probably all commit to memory. We should probably all commit those verses to memory. Write them down, have them posted up somewhere. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Include God in your planning. So that, I believe that's kind of the, the point of verse 13. Not that God doesn't want us to plan, but include God in your planning. Verse 14, we're encouraged to remember the brevity of this life. No matter how you measure it, life is short. Verse 15, I believe he tells us a little bit about what's going about understanding that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Verse 15, he says, For what ye ought to say is if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Can anybody in here tell me what is going to happen tomorrow? That's a dangerous question, isn't it? We might have a psychic in here or, or self-proclaimed. I've, I've always been a little bit entertained by palm readers and psychics that, that their house is out off in the hood somewhere in a little shack. I'm like, dude, if I knew the winning numbers, I think I'd get out of here, right? Um, but anyway, uh, you know, but, but, but who, really, who really knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Let me ask you this. Who really knows what's going to happen this afternoon? You say, well, I know I'm going to go home and cook and I'm going to uh, eat and I'm going to, uh, you know, gossip about the preacher and then I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll leave at least one of those out of there. Uh, uh, but, uh, but listen, you say that, but okay, that's what you're planning. And that may happen, but you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. See, God, folks, He does, one of the great principles that He's trying to teach here is that God does have a plan for your life. He's a God of love, He's a God of wisdom, and He desires the very best. Number one, He desires that if you do not know Him as your Savior, for you to be saved. Number two, if you are saved, He literally wants you to have the best. He wants you to live in the will of God, in the center of God's will. He said that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God has a plan for your life. See, the will of God, folks, is a gracious evidence of the love of God. And I want to challenge you on that because we talk about the will of God a good bit and we have here lately. But I just think about that, whether it's we talk about it a lot with the young people. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Make sure your plans are including, Lord, whatever you want me to do. But it goes the same for each of us, no matter what our age is. But the thing that we can often struggle with when saying to God, that, okay, Lord, I surrender, I'll do whatever you want me to do, I'll go wherever you want me to go, whatever the case may be. Has anybody ever thought about saying those words or praying that prayer and then kind of got scared about it a little bit? I would say you'd probably be an un, a, a, you would probably be in the minority if that doesn't uh, cause a little bit of anxiety to rise in your heart. Because you think, well, what if God does this? Or what if God tells me, what if God tells me to quit doing this? You know, I mean, even it may not even be something bad, but what if God says, yep, that's not what I want for your life. I want you to go in this direction instead. What if He does that? The thing you've got to understand and that we've got to understand is that the will of God is a gift of God from God's heart. The, the will of God is never meant to be a bitter pill God's trying to get us to swallow. Hold your nose, you know, and take the spoon down, the hatchet goes. No, the will of God for your life, folks, is something that an almighty, supreme, awesome, loving, wise God had planned for you before He ever created the heavens and the earth. 
And again, if you're here and you're not saved, I'll tell you part of that is for you to come to Christ. But for every one of you, He has a plan for your life. So, the will of God. But let's, let's, let's look at a couple things about what is your life. What does He say here? The first thing He says is your life is as a vapor. In verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. Folks, the very first thing I want to say about our lives, every one of us, is that life is transient. Life is transient, which means passing or fleeting. Life is transient. I I think about this sometimes. We often count our time in years, don't we? We we count our age in years uh, and so forth. Because in my case, it's easier to say that I'm, how old am I? 45 uh, than it is to say that I'm 16,000 some year or days old. Um, but you know what the Bible says? God tells us that we should number our days. God tells us that we should number our days. What do, we, what do, what do many of us do? I'll be honest with you, I don't really even do it anymore. But what do many of us do on January 31st or, or March Goodness gracious. Let me get my calendar right here. December 31st of every year or leading up to that point. We often make these things called New Year's resolutions. Where we're resolved. It's a new year after all. So I'm going to change some things. By the way, here we are on May, what is it, 16th. How are you doing with your New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Uh, now some of us may be doing okay if your resolution including going through the Bible and you're still in it. Hey, and if you've fallen behind, don't give up. Just I, I, I encourage one or two things if you're reading through your Bible. I, I, it is honestly okay. If, it, if you've got this much catching up to do, I would encourage you to consider just catching up to where we are and trying to get with us, okay, and go on. But if you're just determined, no, I'm going to get it all, but stay with it. But we make resolutions because it's, after all, it's a new year. But God says in Psalm uh, 90, in, in the context of death, thank you, Blake. I brought this down because he said, What is your life? It is even a vapor. Just look at that for a moment. You see it? It's hard to see. It goes really quick. Those fans are blowing it. Evan, turn the fans off for a second. Hey, you can still see it. It's not much to see, but if you look real close, real close, you can see. Faintly, and not for very long, there's a vapor coming up off of here. There's steam coming up off this cup. I mean, it's still going. What is your life? It is even a vapor. A vapor, it appears for a little time, and then vanishes away. So, in Psalm 90, verse 9, the Bible says, For all our days are passed away in wrath. This is the generation that was going to die in the wilderness, is the context. By the way, it was, and, and uh, the whole context of these words, we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three, three score, or the days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength and labor and sorrow, um, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Uh, and just so you know the context of the three score and ten, the context of that was the people that was going to die in the wilderness. Because it was everybody that was over the age of 20 that was going to die in the wilderness. So you do the math, and he said, okay, plus another 40 years. He said, we're going to roughly die between, uh, you know, and he, so he put those ages out there uh, is where that really came from. But Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, 
So teach us, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, well, I want to make sure that I get these stats just right, okay? So let me get back to my notes here. The statistics are really impressive. And here we go. Double checking. Okay. Ten out of ten people die. All right. Ten out of ten. Now, you don't just get news like that anywhere, folks. Ten out of ten people. Uh, I know the numbers, man. Uh, you're going to die. I'm going to die. I'm 45 years old. I'm going to probably die sooner rather than later, right? You are so sad. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say, Amen! Uh, but it's true. Now, anybody else going to die in here? We're all going to die. Now you can drink your juice, and you can smell your scents, and, and you can exercise and whatever else, but you're still going to die. You can get frozen like a popsicle, but you're still dead. And you are not, I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Williams, Ted Williams, and whoever, they are not bringing you back to life, man. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, know that, I know that some of you, I know Derek, he's thought about having his head removed and frozen, so whenever they get the, the technology, they put his head on a robot, and he can be uh, re, um, I don't know why I made that up, but, um, and about Derek, nonetheless, I should have picked Bowen, because uh, he may actually be planning that, uh, but... The thing I'm just trying to simply say is this. You would think that because death is not just probable, it's not, you know what? I, I could be one of those people. I mean, there's none of us that can honestly say, you know, it really could have, It could be me one day. I could be one of the ten of ten that die. It's not that way, is it? There's no doubt about it. There's no probably about it. You are going to die. You said, preacher, I was depressed when I come in here and you're only making it worse. Well, just wait till the end of the message, amen, and I'll try to help you. But we need to understand something. It's absolutely certain. And that it could happen at any minute, at any moment. You are literally one heartbeat away from death. You are one heartbeat away from death. I mean, that soon you could be in eternity. You could be either in heaven or hell. Each, each person will stand before God one day. And if you're saved by God's grace, amen, it'll be as your Father because we've accepted the judgment for our sin that Jesus paid on the cross. But if you don't know Christ, friend, you're going to stand before God and have to answer in judgment. Every person... Now it would seem like since every person knows they're going to die, every person, whether they want to admit it or not, knows that this isn't all there is. You would think that this church would be, and thank God we're, uh, you know, we got a few empty seats. There's a good many people in here, but you'd think people would be lined up out those doors, those windows open. How can we make sure that when we die, how, how number one, can we make sure to make our life count today? How, number two, can we uh, make sure that we, when we die, we're going to be with Christ? We're going to be in heaven. But what people do is they put it out of our minds. But what does he say? He says, number our days. I believe, folks, that learning to live our lives one day at a time is absolutely transformative. 
Paul said, I die daily. I mean, the, the Christian life is to be lived on a daily basis. I'm not going to say much about this, but too many of you are trying to borrow tomorrow and, live, you know, and, and borrow tomorrow's worries and problems and all that stuff. Don't do that. Too many of you are being haunted by your past. Don't do that. God wants to give you victory over your past. He wants to give you security in your future. He wants to give you power, peace, and love right now today in the present. Today, today, today. Number our days. After all, we live one day at a time. And I mentioned it quickly, or I mentioned a moment ago, that as of today, as of, as of today, I am 16,498 days old. Pretty old, isn't it? That's how many days I've lived. I don't know how many more i got left. I don't even know if I've got another one left. I really don't. So I need to make sure that I make today count. I need to make sure that I invest today, to invest my life, invest my time today. Since life is so brief, we cannot merely afford to spend our lives on this, that, and the other thing. And we certainly can't, we certainly don't need to be wasting our lives. And let me tell you something here right now, child of God. Man, part of our greatest responsibility is to have a burden and for our hearts to be broken for the people we see out here that are, that are wasting their lives. That their lives are dominated by sin and regret and sorrow and they're just living with, in a hopeless condition. Part of our job is to help provide hope for those people. Those dear souls, like somebody did for us one day, part of our job is to see them and say, you don't have to waste, waste your life. One of the most heartbreaking things for me Again, if you knew where I come from, I just think of family members that are just wasting their lives in sin. Wasting their lives. I mean, they're my age now, and they're still wasting their lives in the same things that we were doing as teenagers when we didn't know God. And their lives are just wasting away. And they've believed the lie of the devil. Uh, but listen, there's those who waste their lives, but here's the thing, we need to learn to invest our lives. Invest our lives in things that really matter. Ephesians 5 verse 15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In other words, don't invest in Blockbuster. Don't be a fool. Don't walk as fools, but, but walk wise, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. So we talk about days, but really this is talking about hours and minutes, and seconds. It all counts. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How about this one to some of the, uh, the, the younger folks, which I've revealed to you my age, and I've disqualified myself from being one of the younger folks, but I don't really believe that, just so you know. I still think I'm a kid, and still act like it sometimes. But uh, here's a good one. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Ecclesiastes 12, verse number 1. It's not time to remember God tomorrow. It's not time to wait until you graduate 
or till you graduate college, or till you get married. And man, God help us from even saying that those kids and the, the wonderful kids that we have, the wonderful, loud kids, rambunctious kids we have around this church, thank God for every one of them. But God help us when we make the mistake of saying, well, they're the church of tomorrow after all. God help us when we look at these teenagers and say, yep, one day they're going to be. No, right now. Don't waste your life. Don't just spend your life on things that don't matter. Remember now thy Creator. Thy Creator. How personal is that? You have a Creator. Remember Him. Remember Him when? Every day. Remember Him in the morning. Remember Him when you're tempted. Remember Him when you are faced with the lies of the devil. Remember Him. Remember now thy Creator. He made you. He's got a purpose for your life. What is your life? It is transit. There was a man running through the jungle to escape a tiger. He came to a cliff. But when he got to the cliff, he saw there was a rope tied across to the other side. So to escape the tiger, he climbed out on that rope. Well, that that, that there was a cliff now. When he looked down off of that rope, there was a, a river that was down below him. And down in that river, there was a crocodile just waiting for him to fall. Then he looked over, and there was a rat chewing on the rope. I'm just trying to encourage you today. <laughs> Listen. See, the tiger was his past that pursued him. The rope was his present, which was just a temporary reprieve. The crocodile stood for his future, and the rat gnawing on the rope was time. That's just little by little gnawing away at his life. That's how a lot of people are living their lives, man. Their past is there. They're looking down at their future. They're watching time tick away. But I'm telling you, that is not the way God means for us to live our life. Don't waste it. Don't just spend it on things. Think about what you're spending your life on. Think about what you're spending your time on. Man, we can all find ourselves spending it on things we ought not spend it on. Um, and so, a vapor. But see... Here's, here's the good news, folks. What is your life? The Bible says every one of our lives are like a vapor. I mean, it appears for a little time and just vanishes away. I mean, in, in the big scheme of things, just like when I was carrying that, that cup around with the, the steam, the vapor coming off of it, you're just kind of having to do like this and just briefly you see it. It appears and then it's gone. It appears and it's gone. And I'm telling you, since the beginning of time, there's people that appear and they're gone. There's people that appear and they're gone. And oftentimes, people come, they live, they die, and too many times they are soon forgotten. Soon forgotten. But see, there's another message in the vapor. Not only is it transit, but also we see another one. Vapor can actually speak of a transformed life. What is your life? It is a vapor. But if you invest it the right way, there's a good positive message in that vapor. Okay? What is your life? It is even a vapor. Now, what's a vapor? The vapor that I was walking around with, with a moment ago was H2O. It was water. 
but it was water that had been transformed. Nowadays, we call it steam. In chemical composition, again, it's H2O. But it's water in its nature and behavior. Now you think about water for a moment. Water, the thing about water is H2O in the form of liquid. There's a couple things about it that are interesting. Number one, water always obeys the downward pull of the world. Is that not right? If I were to pour this water out right now, like these knuckleheaded kids do in school for some reason, they like pouring water out. Anyway, that water's not going to go up. Deidre's watching me like a hog. Don't you pour that water out. Uh, listen, it would not go up. It's going down. And, and, and if there's a slope in this floor, it's going to follow that slope. If there's a hole, it's going in the hole. If that hole goes deeper, it's going deeper. See, water obeys the downward pull of life. It always seeks the lowest level. However, steam or vapor, on the other hand, rises to the sky. Water has its place on earth. But the vapor holds its place up in the clouds. It goes to a different level. Vapor has its seat in the heavenlies. It belongs ultimately with the clouds. Now, what is, what is it that seats steam or vapor in the heavenlies? What is it that generally draws it up? What is it that's drawing the, 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 the moisture up out of the ground and off the rivers today? You know what's drawing it up? The drawing power of the sun. Now, not all the water that the sun is drawing comes, but there's some that do. Amen? And I'm telling you today, the Son of God, the Son of Righteousness is drawing people today. He's working with people. And you know what He's trying to do? He's wanting to take your life to a higher level. He's wanting to take your life to a much, much better place. He's wanting to not have you continue to go down, down, and see how deep and, and that, that sin will take you. He wants to elevate you. Ultimately, He wants to take you to heaven. So, the sun of righteousness draws all the H2O, when you think about the sun, drawing and bringing up. That's what God's trying to do to men and women today, boys and girls. If you're not saved, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Son of God. It's the Word of God that will draw you. But here's the thing about it. The Bible teaches that there is a free will of man and not all will allow and will submit to the drawing power of the Lord. But if you do, you can have a transformed life. Instead of just being regular water, you can be steam that's rising up. Amen? So, uh, so there's another message in the vapor. What is your life? Hey, I hope today your life is transformed. I hope your life is different. I hope your life is being drawn by the sun. And the cool thing about that is, we know that that vapor that's then drawn up is carried over, comes back down in rain and blesses people again, right? Uh, it, it, has a, it has a purpose. But I want to close only with life being transient. Hopefully you have a transformed life, but vapor can also speak of a triumphant life. A tri triumphant life. One day, many years ago, there was a thoughtful scientist that observed an iron pot which was sitting on the fire, full of water. And as the water temperature began to rise in this iron pot with the iron lid on top, Steam began to try to escape 
from the pot. So this very heavy lid all of a sudden begins to get lifted off and to dance around. And he thinks, that little bit of steam? Steam can actually move? Steam can have power? A vapor can actually be, 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 do something powerful? He saw this pot. See, now many scientists have observed that action that allowed the scheme to, uh, steam to escape. But he looked at that phenomenon and he said to himself, he carried the observation further. He concluded that as weak and as unsubstantial and vaporous as steam was, it must, pro it must possess considerable power if it could lift that iron-heavy lid. It occurred to him that if steam or vapor could be contained and channeled properly, that it could be put to work. And the idea for the steam engine was born. I was watching a deal the other day about like, you know, the top inventions that changed the world or something like that. And I believe one of the top three was the steam engine. The steam engine, uh, the, the, the steam, the power of that steam that was used later to push pistons uh, it, to that, that, that were harnessed to turn wheels. All kinds of steam devices were invented. Some were put to work to pull trains along uh, the tracks. Others were made to drive industry and, the, and for sure the Industrial Revolution. Feats that were long thought impossible to men became everyday events. Factories sprang up all over the world. Men and men had learned to put vapor to work. It just simply needed to be challenged. What is your life? What are you going to do with your life? Number one, your life is transient. It is weak. It is temporary. You can either waste it. You know one of the, the stark illustrations for me when I was studying and reading years ago about you know, the, the context of Psalm 90 was the, the, the people that did not have faith to believe that God could get, bring them into Canaan's land so they wandered the wilderness for 40 years and they died there and then they entered in, the others entered into, the next generation entered into Canaan's land. There was, a, there was just one little word that was so descriptive to me that caught my attention in that. God said, until your carcasses fall in this wilderness. Carcass. Interesting word, isn't it? Nobody names their kid carcass. Uh, <laughs> it's talking about a dead body. But it's not just a dead body. The real meaning for carcass is an unidentified corpse. An unidentified corpse. The idea is, it's someone who lives and died and never made a difference. It's not a Joshua. It's not a Caleb. It's not, you know, some of these others that made a huge impact for God. See, what is your life? If you invest it all in yourself, you're going to find out that's a big old waste. Because self will continually lead you away from God. But if you'll invest it in the things of God, if you'll trust Christ with your everlasting soul, if you're not saved... If you are saved, if you'll put your life into the hands of God, if you've been transformed by the Son, listen, your life can be triumphant. It can be powerful. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? 
according to the working of His mighty power. He's given us exceeding great power because of His power working in us. It says His mighty power. Ephesians 3 verse 20, I love this one. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. One of the things I'll say in the way is, as I begin to conclude the message is this. I can remember years ago when I was saved by the grace of God, one of the verses that really caught my attention was John 1.12. Well, really the whole book of John. But John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. And I thought about that because when God saved me, I thought, man, there's no way I can live for God. There's no way I can live the Christian life. Anybody else ever think that? And then after that, I would begin to talk to people. And they'd be like, man, I would get saved. I would trust Christ. But I can't. There's no way I can live it. And you know what, you know what I learned? And you know what I therefore tell people now? And I'm like, man, you've got it. You're halfway there. Because once you learn that you can't live it, that's a good place to know. That's a good place to arrive at. Amen? See, but as many as received Him, Jesus Christ, to them, those that received Him, gave He power to become the sons of God. See, it's Him that empowers our life. It's not up to us. See, our lives can be dissipated. And here's what I fear. Listen to me closely. I'm closing, so I want everybody to listen. That, that, that vapor that I held off of that cup a minute ago, it's up and gone and that's it. My prayer is there's not one of you here today that your life will just be like, didn't matter. Didn't matter. See, because if you live your life for God, it does matter. And, you don't, and I'm not saying that you've got to be, you don't have to be known in you know, the headlines. But if you're living for God, you'll be known in the heavenlies. It may just be for work you do up here at the church behind the scenes. It may be just something you're doing at home that nobody else sees as a mom. It may be just faithfulness or loyalty on your job. But I'm telling you, if you're living your life for God, God sees it and it makes a difference. I pray that not one of you, I pray that not one life in here will just be dissipated. Not one life will be wasted. Not one life will be allowed to drift like a vapor in the air until we just vanish away. I pray that we will allow God to change us. I pray that we'll allow God to channel us and harness and do great things through our lives. Amen? See, life is like a vapor. What is your life? If you're here and you're not saved, don't, and if you are saved, don't be like the foolish man that Jesus talked about in Luke 12. Verse 19, Jesus said, this rich man, he had, man, he had a bumper crop. He had so much come in, he didn't know what to do with it all. And he didn't want to flood the market and affect the prices. So he said, I'm just, I got barns. I got barns, man, and I, but I don't have enough barns. I need to build bigger barns to get all this I've got. He's making all these plans without God. And there's nothing wrong with planning these things, but he was planning it without God. He wasn't taking his spiritual life into account and here's what he said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, 
drink and be merry. Satan wants you to just invest the, the pull of this world, what the world tells you, humanism. Hey, man, live it up all on yourself. Make yourself happy. If you're out trying to make yourself happy, let me tell you, you're not going to make yourself happy. But if you learn to serve others and put others before you put Christ first and others and His work ahead, then you'll find true joy. But I'm telling you, you want to, you want to see the place of misery, follow those that are trying to make themselves happy. Eat, drink, and be merry, He says. But God said unto him, God said, Thou fool. Again, thou fool. You invested in Blockbuster. You invested in the temporal. If you just look, you can see the temporal's running out, man. It's bankrupt. Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? See, we, we arrive on this earth. I, I set the hourglass out, and it wasn't to time myself, amen? I set the hourglass out, because I thought it was a good illustration. Because... If you imagine, now my mind's going to video games here, so just forgive me, but if you can just imagine that every one of us are brought into this earth with a figurative hourglass over our heads. Now we can't see it. And we don't know what it's looking like right now. But there's a God in heaven that sees these sands, these minutes, these days falling down, little by little. We can't see it, but God does. Sand runs down day by day, night by night, relentlessly, continually. The moments are speeding by. We do not know how much sand is left in our hourglass. All we know is that it's less now than it was an hour ago. We know that much. Our life is a transient life. It's a vapor in the air. And I'm telling you, I don't know how much time... I don't know how many more grains of sand you have in your life. I told Christian yesterday, you know, I said, man, I said, today's message will be a pretty good graduation. He just graduated high school yesterday. I don't know how much is still, how many more days you have that's fallen through there. I don't know how much any of us have. But what I'm asking you is take, you say, oh, preacher, I've wasted all this much. You can't do nothing about that now. You got this left. You don't know what it is, but whatever it is you have left, Give it to God. Invest it in Him. Quit going your own way, but acknowledge Him in your ways. Yes, it's against maybe everything you've ever been taught. Yes, it may be against everything you feel, but folks, you can trust God. So trust God with your life today. If you're here by the grace of God, I encourage you, would you please trust Him? Would you please call on Him before it's everlasting too late? If you are a child of God, Hey, can't you do that about yesterday? But I'm asking you, will you please today say, you know what, Lord, help me today. See, because what we want to do is we want to come up here and pray one time. Okay, Lord, I'm giving the rest of my life to you. Well, that's okay. But you know where it needs to start? Lord, I'm giving the rest of this day to you. As we all stand today...